Welcome back into the Dead Arm Sports Podcast, coming at you live on a Thursday. Have a NFL game tonight. Maybe, maybe one of the better ones we've had of late. But uh, we'll it can't we'll see. get much worse. So <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, it's but, uh, at least it's not Commanders Texans. That's kind of what I would have expected here. So <laughs> right. battle of Heineke versus. Can they flex it in? <laughs> <laughs> be in their best interest right <laughs> yes all right haven't done this in a while gel kicking it over to you for our question of the day what do you got all right so what is the one thing that you think that you are the closest to being the number one in the world at not I'm not saying that like okay so you could be the you like your best thing could be you like like you're a good golfer you're a very good golfer but are you closest to the number 1 in the world at that? Eh questionable. I mean you're very good but <clears throat> so not necessary I'm not necessarily asking what are what is your what is the best thing you are at? I'm asking what is the closest that you are at the best in the world at for one specific thing? <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to go with I am closest to being number one at being the best everyday driver of a car. All right. <laughs> So I'm not talking NASCAR doing laps around the circuit or anything like that, but I think I'm a very, very good everyday driver. Always use my turn signal, always driving at a reasonable speed for the most part. So I just, I have a a (laughs) qualifier for the most part. (laughs) (laughs) Biggest pet peeve of like drivers that don't use their signal. My wife can attest that. Every time I'm in the vehicle, usually somebody is getting cussed out about either pulling out in front of me or doing, not using their turn signal or doing something stupid. But I'm always paying attention to my surroundings, and I I think I'm a very good everyday driver. So that's probably what I would be the closest to number one at, which is impossible to actually (laughs) rate every driver in the world. But I would have to think that that's probably the thing I'm I'm closest to being number one at. I'm a big fan that you are a stickler about the turn signal. Because that oh, drives yeah. me absolutely apeshit as well yep. when drivers don't signal. It's like so easy. And it's like it's it's one of the <laughs> it it's, it's it's maybe the easiest part of driving. And your hand is already right there at the turn signal. You literally like, have literally to literally lift one like click one finger. <laughs> it's so stupid. Why is just... that why is that a difficult thing? But I I, I think that drivers think that it's like oh i don't i don't i don't have to signal it's like nobody really monitors it it's like well i'm behind you and i kind of want to know what you're gonna do it'd be nice to know so that either like just so that i like it's a courtesy thing it it, okay first (laughs) off it is the law and also secondly it's like a courtesy to everybody else around you because especially if let's say it's it's i'm going we're at a four-way stop and i'm i'm thinking i'm gonna go straight and i'm thinking you're gonna go straight and i start to go because i think you're going straight but then you turn left and i'm like what the fuck you just turned left in front of me and if you would have signaled at least i would have known that you were gonna turn 100% fan of that. So, good. Thank you for being a good driver. (laughs) You're welcome. I think the rest of the world can uh, appreciate that as well. (laughs) All right. I'm going to give myself the closest to best in the world at award. Well, Well, not really an award, but thing I think I'm closest to number one in the world at is finger food appetizers. Ooh. I go balls to the walls 
for finger food, just, you know, not, you know, whether it, well, mostly toothpick action, I guess, but buff, mini buffalo chicken tacos, uh, ham, pickle, cream, cheese, roll-ups, which everybody loves, uh, pan-fried tortellini, uh, name it, and I, I, I think that I find myself as the king of that, uh, my, my coworkers have been beneficiaries of that. All of my friends have been <laughs> beneficiaries of that. And I have never gotten a negative review of my appetizers, my finger food apps that I bring to the table, whether it's a, whether it's a work potluck, whether it's a, whether it's a family gathering, whether it's a friends giving type of an atmosphere, uh, Finger food potluck or finger food uh finger food apps, baby. That's that's my specialty and I'll uh I spend a lot of time it, it takes a lot of time when you're the talking about time consuming. It's extremely fuck, time yeah. consuming. <laughs> like those mini buffalo chicken tacos. I ha I make the I I buy full size like burrito size tortillas and I cut them into little circles and I have to it's it's a whole damn process the night before i'll roast a chicken or i'll put a chicken breast in the slow cooker with some you know chicken broth and bunch of seasonings and whatnot so that the chicken is good and ready to shred in the morning then i'll shred it in the morning and then i have to make the the individual shells and then i have to it's a whole process but it ends up turning out extremely amazing I take I take a little bit of pride in that and so I think that's probably my that's probably my number one trait as a human being is uh <laughs> finger <laughs> finger food appetizers. That's my number Love one it. skill. I haven't had the pleasure of having any of your finger food appetizers, but uh your cooking is awesome. I have had the opportunity to have that, so I can only imagine uh it's a tr- delicacies of the finger food appetizers. It's a treat. It's a treat. <laughs> Speaking of treats, welcome to our podcast. We can be found <laughs> at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. On YouTube, type in Dead Arm Sports. Be the first thing that pops up. Subscribe. Click the bell so that we know when our live episodes Ding. drop. You can ask us any questions. We monitor that chat throughout the episode. If you miss our live episodes, don't fret. You can find Jell at Das Jell. That's at D A S J E L. I can be found at Das JPEC. That's at D A S J P E C. You can send us in any questions there. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Send us a screenshot of the review, and we'll get you some swag sent out in the mail. NCAA Week Twelve. Before we get is going on that, on us. Before we get going on that. Gotta take note, NCAA basketball is back, and guess what that means? Timmer! Timmer! He is back <laughs> for the Zags. Has to be uh has to be the uh the the treat of the college basketball season, but we are still in football yes. season, so let's move on. Timmer! <laughs> I was going to say NCAA Week 12, a.k.a. also known as SEC Cupcake time (laughs) of the year. So that is uh, where we are at. We have two games left in the regular slate before we get into conference championship weekend and have some games on the schedule that definitely looked a lot more appealing last week prior to some upsets. Um, I'll throw it over to you, Jill. What's I guess what's the top game you're looking forward to this week, or what? Uh, what are you tuning in for? Yeah, I mean, it, it looked like it was gonna it was about to be the most loaded Pac-12 schedule that we've seen in years with USC, mm-hmm. UCLA, and yep. Utah versus Oregon. Of course, last week Oregon lost to. Uh, Lost to Arizona and or is that right? U, or UCLA UCLA lost, to, lost Arizona. to Arizona. Oregon to Washington. Oregon lost to Washington. So uh, a little bit diminished of a schedule, but I still have to bring it over to the Battle of Los Angeles. And let's get over to the Rose Bowl. USC at UCLA for the uh, for the night game here. I. 
I mean, I, I, I really think that UCLA is the team here that is going to come out on top. And even though they're coming off a loss, I, I just, I cannot trust that USC defense. They're just giving up points on points on points. And UCLA seems like a little bit more steady of a team. Yes, they are not as explosive necessarily as USC, but offensively, but I can I cannot trust that USC defense. So, am I out of bounds thinking UCLA should be the favorite in this game? I don't necessarily think so. This is one that we had circled on the calendar for USC from the beginning of the season without them facing the Oregon Ducks during their regular season. And these are two of the more power offenses in the Pac-12. I mean, you've got Caleb Williams on one side of the ball and DTR on the other side. And no, UCLA is a team that could make some noise. Essentially, they win this one. Pac-12 is not getting into the playoffs. So if you're a Pac-12 fan that's not a UCLA fan, you're pulling for USC in this one because that's your only chance to make the playoffs here. But the key for me for this game, USC cannot, and I repeat, cannot get off to the slow starts that they have the last couple weeks. We talked about it yesterday on the podcast. If you missed it, you can check check out our breakdown from the USC-Colorado game. But got off to an extremely slow start. Ended up pulling away. But with the UCLA offense that's run by Chip Kelly, like I said, Dorian Thompson-Robinson's been having a phenomenal year. Had a couple of shaky games mixed in there as well. But that UCLA offense is one that could come out of the gates firing, and once they do, it's hard to stop them. We've seen them knock off Washington a little bit earlier on in the season, and just an offense that could definitely give USC some trouble here. But I ultimately think it's going to be really close. I could see this going either way, probably lean USC a little bit. Uh, Jordan Addison's been healthy. Um, they did lose their running Travis back, Dye. Though, um, Travis Die. so we'll see. Um, what ends up happening. I think Relique Brown will be the one stepping in there. But, yeah, this should be a good one, and this is my top game I'm looking forward to, too, that Battle of LA. Do you see that Travis Dye loss? I mean, Malik Brown, very solid fill-in, but Travis Dye was the Pac-12 player of the year last year, or at least led the play or led the Pac-12 in rushing yards at Oregon, Oregon. last yep. year in, in rushing <laughs> That's a huge loss. I I yeah. mean that I think we have to f- factor that in. USC right now is a two point favorite. I I don't know. I I I feel like I'm ready to take UCLA straight up here and and give them the edge just because I believe more in DTR, Chip Kelly, UCLA. Yeah, they're not tremendous defensively, but they're. They're right. I mean, they're better than the, the their their de- their combination of a good enough defense plus an explosive offense is something I don't think USC has seen this season. Where where USC has gotten into trouble is very very stout defenses. Utah, uh, Oregon State, but they but those two teams. Utah and Oregon State, they don't have the offense that UCLA has. And that's where I think I have to give UCLA the edge here. And yeah, it's at the Rose Bowl. It's technically a home game, but kind of a battle of LA still. I don't know. I I think I got to give UCLA the edge. Is this a a Pac-12 after dark game or is this a... It's a a a 7 p.m. our time central, so 5 p.m. out there. So no, it's not a... It's not the... They're not the... What? It's not going to be the FS1 game that they bury at the end of the night. (laughs) I love that. That's just such a sneaky, sneaky fun game to watch usually is you think the rest of the slate's done for the day and then you're like, oh, damn, this one's just starting up at 9 p.m. central. I'll... (laughs) I'll invest this till one in the morning. It's almost it. like it's almost like you know those Hawaii games that you start at like eleven thirty. Yep. But you actually have good teams with the Pac twelve after dark. <laughs> yep. 
My game, I'll throw it over to the Big 12, and that's the TCU Horned Frogs going to Waco, Texas and taking on the Baylor Bears. Which Baylor offense is going to show up for this one? Put up an absolute dud last week, putting up three points. I repeat, three points in that ugly, ugly loss. But this is TCU's last tough road test of the season outside of the Big 12 championship, which they are a lock for. And I'm just I'm curious on what happens. Baylor is a tough spot to play at, and we'll see. Baylor had been putting up a ton of points up outside of this last one. They have been up and down on their season. Definitely a a down downward spiral from their epic season that they had last year, but Man, I I don't know. A TCU, I think, ultimately comes away with a victory here, but this is one that TCU definitely can't look past and could be uh, could be on upset alert. Ultimately, I think they still roll into the final game of the season against Iowa State. Yeah, I mean, I'm ultimately I'm not too worried about TCU here. Uh, just the way that that Baylor team has been playing over the last few weeks, it's. It's not good enough. TCU does obviously have the potential, the offensive potential, to put up 45 or more on anybody. And if they do, Baylor doesn't doesn't stand a chance. If it's closer to this Texas, this past week against Texas, Baylor does have a shot because Baylor mm-hmm. does have a strong defense. But Baylor's offense is completely anemic. It's it's it may as well be missing. So. <laughs> I I have to give the edge to TCU. I mean, well, obviously give the edge to TCU here. I'm not putting him on upset alert necessarily, but I don't know. Those TCU-Baylor games, we can go back to... There's been a number yeah. of games over the last They're decade always... or so where they have been extremely tight, and Dave Aranda is that type of coach that is going to get Baylor and that, and that team up and ready to go. And, and ready to say, hey, why don't we be the guys to finally knock them off? Texas couldn't. Why can't, Why don't we say, why, why aren't we the best team in Texas? If we knock off TCU, they could make that claim that, hey, we're the best team in Texas. That's the coach speak. I'm not saying I agree with that, but that's the, that's the, <laughs> that's the Dave, Aranda, yeah. Dave Aranda coach speak that he can make, so... I don't think TCU is necessarily in trouble here just because I give Baylor no love right now. But, hey, I mean, it's a rivalry game. So, Fort Worth versus Waco down here in Texas and, and, and at is Baylor as well. hour and a half down the road? Uh, Probably, yeah. Two about, hours. about an hour and a half. That Yeah, it's about right. Basically straight south. So, uh, def- definitely, you know, definitely a rivalry game for sure. Let's get over into, or I guess let's stay in the Big 12. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. Oklahoma State visiting the Sooners here uh, for for a, a later game, 6.30 Central time. And right now, Oklahoma is a 7.5-point favorite. Yes, they're at home, but I haven't seen anything good out of Oklahoma all season long. So I'm su- Eric Gray. That's about and, it. <laughs> you're right. Back is that Eric E R I N? Eric, Eric, that E R I C. Eric Gray, former uh, Tennessee Volunteer. That's right. Transfer. Uh, no, I, I guess I'm just, I'm just, I was just shocked when I saw that line that Oklahoma was a touchdown plus favorite here. But Oklahoma, I mean, Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. That's always, you know, that's the biggest game in the Big Twelve outside for for Oklahoma outside of that Red River rivalry with Texas. So, in-state rivalry game, I'm looking forward to that one for sure. Hoping that, uh, you know, as as I've been kind of think, you know, saying all season long, I am a big fan of watching Spencer Sanders, the Oklahoma State quarterback. He is significantly more entertaining than Dylan Gabriel has been. So, I'm looking forward to watching this and... We'll see if Oklahoma State can actually start putting up some points again, though, because they have been on—they're on a pretty cold streak right now. They are still in the AP top twenty-five, but not with a lot of confidence, I guess. But I am still shocked because Oklahoma 
is what they're sitting at 500 right now. I'm shocked at that seven and a half point line. Yeah. No, it's two teams that are on a downward trajectory right now. Oklahoma State has been on just a huge, huge skid uh, the last couple weeks. And Oklahoma just lost to West Virginia for the first time in program history. And, uh, yeah, this game is always a good one. Uh, I believe it's Bedlam, right? Big time. Rivalries referred to. But, yeah, like you said, Spencer Sanders, fun quarterback to watch. Oklahoma still has some nice pieces on that offense, but I don't know. I mean, let's just say Brent Venables loses this game, and, I mean, is there any shot that he's a one-and-done this year? I mean, I guess that's what I'm looking at with this Oklahoma program. They're too talented right now to be a 500 team. I know they're not all of his recruits. He tried not to bring anybody over from Clemson. He said he didn't want to do that with from take away from Dabo at all. But, man, those Oklahoma fans have to be just going nuts right now. After you lose Lincoln Riley last year, you're all pissed off from that. You bring over one of the best defensive coordinators in the country to be your head coach, and you're sitting at 500 right now in the in a very winnable Big 12 this year. They're outside of TCU, which TCU at times has looked vulnerable. But, I mean, Oklahoma, they're just getting beat by everybody. I want to I, – I still go back to Mark Stoops, but is he even a legitimate candidate at this point, the way that Kentucky is just completely falling off? I – he reminds me of a Matt Campbell where he should have left when he, he should have left off. mid-season. Week four, okay, <laughs> yeah. I'm out. I'm gonna go take over the Sooners. <laughs> Deuces. Should have should have jumped should have jumped ship when he could have. But I don't I mean, who wants to take over this Oklahoma team? They don't I mean, the quarterbacks that they had, both of them ended up going to USC. What kind of talent does Oklahoma have at this point outside of I mean, they've got two really nice young backs. They've got some nice wide receivers that are young, but that defense is still in shambles. I get, you know, it it obviously is the Oklahoma Sooners, so they're going to have coaches that would be interested. But Brett Venables, 0 for 1 in terms of seasons that you are good at coaching. Yeah. My next game is the Pac-12 after dark game of the week, and that is Utah taking on Oregon. Even though this is not as appealing of a game as it was looking going into last week, Oregon, with that, again, with that loss to Washington, curious to see on Bo Nix's status, should be playing. He was hopping around on the sideline towards the end of the game, trying to make his case to get back into the game, but ultimately uh, was not able to, but this still has some implications. They can. There's still two teams fighting to get into that Pac-12 championship game, so still a lot on the line for this one. And potentially USC ends up making a run here, get some help from some other teams, makes it into that college football playoff. This has Rose Bowl implications for it too. So these are two teams that obviously are trying to fight and get into uh, New Year's Six Bowl and. Should be a fun one. Again, we'll see if Oregon can bounce back after that tough loss last week that knocked them out of the playoff. Utah also got knocked out a couple weeks back, but has a nice win on the season against USC. So these are two two teams. Utah give the edge uh, to them on defense. Oregon edge on offense, and should be a should be a fun battle on uh, nine thirty kickoff Sunday or Saturday evening Central Time. I I love it. I love the 9.30 kickoff. Gives me something, you know, if I'm doing nothing on a Saturday, gives me something to watch at home. If I'm out and about, gives me something to watch there. So I'm all in (laughs) on that 9.30 kickoff. You got to give the edge, though, to Oregon, right? To Bo Nix. After that loss last week, I think they're going to be pretty fired up. Utah, strong team, but... Oregon right now could be fighting for a Rose Bowl appearance right now as well. Yeah. So I give the edge to Oregon here. I love the Pac-12, Pac-12 at night. It's not just a garbage Pac-12 after dark as well. 
This is an actual good <laughs> game, finally, that they're putting on. So <laughs> FS1 finally uh, is, is actually getting it right. <clears throat> Still not going to give Fox any credit for their big noon kickoff. They can go F themselves with that. But I... <laughs> but but Agreed. They're, <laughs> but they're doing it right this time. With oh, their- this isn't even the FS1. This is on uh, straight ESPN. So let me uh, let me find out who else is on uh, Pac-12 After Dark oh, this daddy. week. daddy. This is going to be... This- oh, no FS1 game. There's a the Pac-12 game of the week, Colorado at Washington. So I would not recommend tuning into that one. I don't one. think I have Pac-12 wait for, wait. network. <laughs> Who has Pac-12 network? Yeah, I don't even know if I do. I don't know if YouTube TV I don't think has they that. do. Hashtag not a sponsor. Hashtag not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> but could be. Hey, yeah, we're, we're open to suggestions here. <laughs> At Dead Arm Sports. Hit yeah. us up. <laughs> All right. La- last game I want to touch on here. Um, I, ga- I got to throw over to Kansas State, West Virginia. West Virginia's coming off a, uh, <clears throat> I mean, four and six record, but Kansas State's also been pretty cold as of late. I think that that could be an interesting game. A little bit of additional USC transfer quarterback action again. Uh, West Virginia giving them continuing to give them a little bit of love with uh God damn it name yeah <laughs> quarterback JT, JT Daniels Daniel. yep former number one <laughs> overall recruit uh, quarterback recruit out of out of out of high school but that could be an interesting one otherwise yeah I mean Coastal Carolina versus Virginia. Just to touch on that one as well, uh, if you, very tough situation at University of Virginia this past week. Uh, Virginia, a former Virginia football player, uh, ended up in a school shooting at the university, and so it'll be interesting to see how that game shakes out. Um, you know, less interested in the game, obviously. But more interested, I guess, in the uh, just the I guess overall vibe around that game. Uh, obviously, we're we're at this point where we're a lot less focused on that game, but um, that's going to be a tremendous show out if Virginia is able to come out and and actually play a strong game because uh, the the school shooting that happened over the past week involved multiple Virginia players and uh, extremely, extremely excruciating loss for, for that, not only that team, but also obviously that community that Charlottesville community has been involved in multiple uh, school shootings. Obviously some of the protests that happened over the past couple of years, uh, whether that was, uh, you know, the, I don't want to try to get too into this, but I'm just interested to see how that community is able to rally around this football team. And hopefully that team can show some strength. And, um, you know, again, I don't really give a damn about that win or the loss against coastal Carolina. Ultimately, that's not what matters here, but have to, uh, you know, have to give have to give that Virginia football team if they are able to play this weekend after what happened on campus this week. Um, you know that just that would show tremendous strength throughout that program. Yeah, hearts go out to everybody involved there. Obviously, a tough situation. Nobody wants to see pop up. My, I got two games. I'll just quick get into here. Texas at Kansas. Can Kansas get a win streak against Texas after knocking them off at Texas last year, or can Texas get some revenge in this one? So curious on no uh, Texas sucks. Curious on that one. <laughs> I said I said this before the last game that there's no way that you can trust this Texas team or trust Steve Sarkeesian. And when he when when Texas came out as seven and a half point favorites. Obviously, you know, if you listen to the last episode, I want some money on TCU. You can't because you cannot trust the Texas Longhorns, whether that's Sark or just Sark or that entire program. 
they cannot they I I no I don't think that I I have no I have no faith in Texas in the Longhorns <laughs> they're not yep. good they're untrustworthy I don't know what it is why that team is cursed it feels like it's like they've it's like they've been cursed they cannot win a big game who uh, since the Vince Young Rose Bowl in 06 is that the last big game they've won <laughs> feels shit like, <laughs> like so no I screw Texas yeah I've I got Kansas in that one at home. And then the last one, going to be an absolute slaughter fest. Georgia at Kentucky. This game looked pretty juicy at the beginning of the season, but Kentucky's just absolute trash right now. And how are they still ranked? That is my question. AP poll has them coming in at number 24 somehow after losing at home to Vanderbilt. But. Shout out to you, Kentucky. Second second day in a row. Shout out to the AP pollsters for like the seventh yes. time this season. You <laughs> screwed it up again. All right. It is upset of the week time. Jell and I had 0 for 2 last week, but looking to right the ship hey, here. Hey, Only hey, two hey. weeks. I almost had my upset. 14 and, and a half say, point a dogs, weeks, UMass Jill? over. Arkansas State, UMass lost 35 to 33. I was that close. Close is only good in horseshoes. It and gets me zero so. points, but hey, <laughs> zero points. not a bad pick. Yeah. <laughs> Want to give myself a little love. <laughs> so if you're new to the segment, each week, Jell and I pick an underdog. You have to pick somebody that is over a seven-point underdog. Seven to 13 and a half points underdog is worth one point. 14 to 20 and a half is worth two. And 21 and up is worth three. Jell is up three to one with two weeks to go. Who you got this week, Jell? All right. I am tying in a little bit of trivia loving into this one. Which Power 5 team is the last team that has had a top 25 win? Like, against a top 25 ranked team. I'll give you a hint. It happened back in 2009. That probably doesn't help you. (laughs) No. Oh, man. I am stumped. (laughs) This leads me into my upset pick of the week. And I'm... Oh, no, it really doesn't. All right. Well, okay. Well, I guess it kind of does. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Attaboy. The answer to that question, Rutgers. Rutgers. Oh, yeah. They are the last... It's been that long... It's been since they haven't beaten a top 25 ranked team since 2009. The last team, the the longest stretch. So this ties into my upset pick of the week because Michigan State only beat Rutgers last week by six. So I'm taking Indiana plus ten and a half against Michigan State as my upset pick. Pick of the week. Rutgers or Indiana. They hey, they they showed up pretty well against Michigan, against the Wolverines. Yeah. Been on a little bit of a cold streak. So did Rutgers. But I think that a <laughs> <laughs> little bit of a cold streak, but but Michigan State has I mean, they're getting they've gotten a couple W's in a row, but they haven't necessarily been all that impressive. And so I'm gonna give Indiana a little bit of love in here, plus ten and a half. As my uh, my upset pick of the week, I like it. Not yeah, the smoothest. One, it's uh, one of those the smoothest not de- uh, delivery on my end, but hey. I think in order, if Indiana does pick up the W there, you have to watch the entirety of that game in order to get the points. If that's actually going. kind of fair. <laughs> that's actually pretty fair. I don't. That would be torture. I yeah. <laughs> I just tortured all the listeners through my pathetic uh, explanation of how that trivia question relates to this. So yeah, maybe I deserve. <laughs> maybe I deserve that. <laughs> 
My upset pick of the week here, I wanted to go for the lead and take UMass, who's a 33-and-a-half-point underdog <laughs> at Texas A&M because oh, Texas A&M is trash, damn, sh- but that is not happening this week. I'm going I'm gonna go for a one-point, slowly climb back into it and decide if uh, – if I want to go for the win next week or else try and tie you up after I get a point this week. This particular head coach left a Power 5 school for a group of 5 school a couple years back and has really turned around this program. Has a very, very famous dad with a very, very famous tirade. Playoffs? Are you kidding me? Playoffs? I'm just trying to win a game. (laughs) Jim Mora Jr. has the UConn Huskies absolutely rolling this season. They are going to the playoffs. They're bowl eligible this year. And they are 10-point underdogs to Army this week. So I am rolling with the UConn Huskies getting to 7-5 and and knocking off Army. Now, right after Veterans Day, jeez, (laughs) bailing already. (laughs) No. Thank you for everybody's service. <laughs> there you go. Way to cover. Way to cover. Yeah, have to cover. <laughs> the other game, I, the other upset I was looking at was Oklahoma State plus seven and a half against Oklahoma. But ultimately, I wanted to get, I, I got to give Michigan State a loss here. I'm, I'm a fan of, of <laughs> Indiana this week. Love it. Moving over to the big boys, NFL Week 11 preview. And Jell's got a theme for us this week because of the fantastic slate of games. I'll I'll start this one off, Jell, and talk about the game tonight. Looking forward to the Titans and Packers. Should have Ryan Tannehill back in this one. We won't have to struggle through Malik Willis and his passing for the next little bit. Yeah, not uh, not ideal if you watch the Titans uh, for the last couple weeks with him under center. And more curious to see, too, Green Bay got the thrilling win over the Cowboys over the weekend. Is this the start of a Green Bay playoff push, or can the Titans knock them essentially out of the playoffs with the loss here? Green Bay has to go on a huge run here if they want a shot to make the playoffs and they need to start this on Thursday night. Yeah, I mean they they got that obviously got that started against the Cowboys uh this past weekend, but I I mean the Packers are coming into this game as favorites. I think that and, and I think that they should be. Uh the way that they played this past weekend, they showed a, they actually showed a little bit of life on offense for the first time all season. Throwing the ball downfield, Christian Watson looks like he could be a difference maker. Uh, if he can stay healthy. That's the big <laughs> that's if. Been his that's big the issue. biggest if with Christian Watson. Caleb Farley, one of their one of their starting corners, is out again. That guy cannot stay healthy. So that does give, obviously gives Green Bay an advantage. And we've seen all season that the Titans are completely missing A.J. Brown. They have no dynamic receivers whatsoever. We're, we're seeing uh, Nick uh, Nick Westbrook-Akina actually making plays because nobody else possibly can. That Robert Woods acquisition has amounted to absolutely nothing. And with this game being in Green Bay... I think the Packers have all this momentum. I do have to give the edge to the Packers here. Uh, not that I am 100% sold on them going forward, but I'm more sold on them than I am the Titans. I mean, if you look at the Titans' wins, they have not been impressive. So I got to give the edge to the Packers here in this matchup. Uh, I think a three-point favorite is appropriate, and if I were a betting man... And if I were to place a bet today, I would probably take Green Bay minus three. Yeah, they're key. It's going to be chilly up in Green Bay and just going to have to shut down Derrick Henry. You can do that and shouldn't have any issues, but that's also a yeah. task as well. <laughs> he seems to get better as the weather gets colder. So. The good thing is that the Packers have, for, for Green Bay, is that the Packers have drafted pretty much only defensive players at least high over the last however many years outside yeah. of Jordan Love douchebags but 
so I, I, I'm good with Quay Walker being there, and he can kind of be the stout man in the middle of the field to to hopefully slow down Derrick Henry a little bit. All right, well, my theme of the day, battles for fourth place in their divisions. (laughs) Let's kick it off with Las Vegas at the Denver Broncos. Two coaches that probably should be fired, but at least one of them probably won't. Reason why I want to kick this off is because... If you haven't seen this press conference with Derek Carr uh, after his after the Raiders lost to the Colts, he was he was crying at the mic in the press conference, saying that you know he the, the way that he fights for this team and the way that he loves this team and the way that he loves this organization and and the fact that they just lost to Jeff Saturday is obviously on a Sunday <laughs> Jeff Sunday <laughs> <laughs> but if but he also mentioned that he wishes the rest of his team felt the same way that he does in terms of understanding how much these other players are sacrificing to just practice every week what these players are putting into their bodies just to sleep at night. He mentioned that twice. What his teammates are putting into their bodies just to sleep at night. That's that's football, by the way. That's what football does to your body. I wonder if that is going to be a positive for the Raiders and that's going to re kind of invigorate them or if that's going to be like holy shit our quarterback just called all of us out for not caring as much as he did screw that guy where do you i i, I mean how do you think that that lands necessarily when he says because that's what i i mean he obviously got emotional and i i love that he loves this team and this organization but the 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 quote that you know got my brain churning was when he said when he basically called out his teammates for not caring as much as he does i mean how how do you think that that sits with that team well he is the heart and soul of that team i mean you have guys that i think have a lot of respect for him obviously devonte adams played with him in college he wanted to be a raider wanted to go play with Derek carr and you can't argue Derek carr at times has not looked great on the field but it's not for a lack of trying he puts everything into every single game that he plays i think it'll sit fine and if it doesn't then that player probably shouldn't be on the Raiders. You, I don't know. I always just think too, that it's gotta be hard for some of these players to being in the lights of Las Vegas. There's a lot of distractions outside of playing football in that city and everything. And you wonder sometimes if that has anything to do with it. Don't really have a lot of stories coming out from that at all, but it's just, it's kind of mind boggling. Yes. They have a new head coach. Yes. They've gone through a lot. You ran through our last episode gel with how many number or first round picks the last four or five years have not panned out. So ultimately that is their downfall. They're not hitting on the top talent in the drafts, but man, this is just one of those teams that along with their opponent for the week, two teams that we thought were going to have pretty dynamic teams and be giving the chiefs a run for their money in that AFC West and like your theme, they're battling for fourth place and just have not looked good at all. I would say that the Raiders have looked better. They've been in a lot of games. Denver's defense is still solid, but their offense is just just pathetic. And this is uh, going to be an ugly, ugly game. But I think ultimately, I think that Derek Carr does fire up that team, and I think they come out and get a win this week against Okay, Denver. take a listen to – these are – the games that the Broncos lost. Listen to how many points or listen to how many points that their opponents scored. I'm going to run through all their losses. 
Man, we're going to be here forever. <laughs> First loss, <laughs> week one, to Seattle. Seattle scored 17. Their second loss, Raiders scored 32. That's respectable. Colts beat the Broncos. They scored 12. <laughs> oh, we don't want to talk about that game, Joe. <laughs> we don't want to talk the about Charger, that game. The loss to the Chargers. The Chargers scored 19. Next week, loss to the Jets. The Jets scored 16. Two weeks later, the Titans lost, where the Titans scored 17. So these losses, outside of that Raiders game, 17 points is the most that their opponent has scored. So if they can get to 18, they could have four more (laughs) wins on the season. But they can't get there. 18 points? (laughs) That's how and that's how pathetic this offense has been, man. And I don't I don't know if it's a Russell Wilson thing. I don't I I mean Nathaniel Hackett. He's he's I mean, I hope Can't that he's it. already started a new, you know, LinkedIn profile because he's like <laughs> he is he is as good as gone. But I don't I don't know, man. This Denver team is pathetic. Stick going back to the Raiders and Derek Carr really quick. I mean, is he is as good as gone too? Right now, the Raiders are settled are are set right now to have the number two overall pick. Oh man, that could potentially be a quarterback pick. Yeah, I man, that's tough because he's the face of their franchise right now. You had Devontae Adams come over specifically because he wanted to play with Derek Carr, but you've got you're gonna have Bryce Young, you're gonna have CJ Stroud that are sitting right there for you with that top pick. They just need so many other pieces though that I personally think that they would be better off not taking a quarterback, keep rolling with Derek Carr, because I think he's fine if you can get a other playmakers around him. They've had Darren Waller that's been pretty much a non-factor this whole year, but ultimately it depends what they want to do with Josh McDaniels too, because if Josh McDaniels doesn't really want to work with Derek Carr, wants to take a quarterback, you just sign Josh McDaniels to but be don't, head coach. Don't you think you could get a first and a third for Carr? And and then probably, and, and but then are you going to have an that, unhappy that wide starts receiver? The rebuild up. A little bit more. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I mean you have to go into me, full rebuild mode Derek if you were gonna do that. And you might as well trade Devontae yeah. Adams at that point as well. Yeah, no, exactly. He's not gonna want to play for you if Derek Carr's not. And they just signed so Darren Waller to a new contract. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess they, they might end up being stuck yep. with him, but what I mean, if you're at that number two number if you've got a top five pick it's going to be really hard to stick Dude. with Carr. It, or, yeah. They I mean they've obviously got a ton of missing pieces but god I I feel like it I feel like that's maybe why he got so emotional too is cuz he may be thinking oh shit my days here are numbered in Vegas. Yeah. I'm going to stick in that division and go with the other divisional matchup, Chiefs at Chargers. And Chargers need this win to stay in the division race. If they lose this one, their hopes with the division are done. And their offense just hasn't looked the same. Got news that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are supposed to be back at practice this week. Whether or not they actually play is a totally different story. And, man, it just... I know you can't blame it all on Herbert without those wide receivers, but he just looked so awesome last year and just definitely taking a huge step back this year. And there's not a ton of weapons for him to throw the ball to, but has a nice matchup. Chiefs have been giving up decent um, weeks to the quarterback position, so should have an opportunity to turn this one back around. But ultimately, I think the Chiefs are going to be too much, even on the road in Los Angeles for this Chargers. Yeah, I, I don't know what the hell the Chargers are doing. I mean, this, this, yes, Keenan Allen has been injured. Mike Williams has been injured. But it's such a, it feels like it's such a basic, boring-ass offense. And Joe Lombardi, their offensive coordinator, 
looked like, I mean, you know how this works. Offensive coordinator with a good quarterback ends up getting a head coaching job. Just like Brian Dable, Buffalo, gets a head coaching job in uh, with the Giants. I think Joe Lombardi just kind of may have screwed himself out of a head coaching spot because this is such an underperforming offense. It makes me a little bit queasy. Like Justin Herbert is, <laughs> I mean, is. seriously, Herbert is a top five at a minimum top five quarterback in the league based on arm strength, based on accuracy, based on, you know, what he can do with, also on the ground, extremely mobile. And for this offense to have zero creativity, it's it's pathetic. It sucks. And I, I think Joe Lombardi maybe lost himself potentially a head coaching job, but also probably deservingly so. If the Chargers don't make the playoffs, playoffs, if, <laughs> if, if they don't make the playoffs, he might be gone. Brandon Staley might be gone. That entire coaching staff Brandon might be Staley gone. And they be should gone. be gone. Because this Chargers team is way too damn expensive and talented to be where they are right now, which is currently at five and four and fighting extremely hard for a final AFC wildcard spot. That's there right now. If the playoffs started playoffs, if the playoffs started right now, they would not be in the playoffs. That's not that's not acceptable. When you got a player like Justin Herbert, who in year three, absolutely money, not not acceptable. Yeah, Chiefs. I think the Chiefs roll here, and the Chargers end up being five and five at five hundred. 10 weeks into the season, 11 or through 11 weeks of the season. I, you got to make the call, man. You got to make the call. If you're, if you're, uh, Dean Spanos, the owner of the charges and say, I'm canning this entire offensive staff and including Brandon Staley, because I'm seeing, I've seen nothing out of this chargers offense. That's been anything close to creative all for the last really two seasons that it's been Brandon Staley and including shit. Did Justin Herbert maybe look his best under Anthony Lynn, his rookie year? <laughs> like seriously. Like and that's not acceptable. And you know, who's out there? Sean Payton. If mm. Dean Spanos has the balls, that would be pretty interesting. To Finally pay up for a head coach. If you throw Sean Payton in this offense, then you're looking at a Super Bowl contender because obviously he's got that insane offensive mind. But yeah, Chargers are going to lose this game and they're going to be 500 after this week. You can't be through 11 weeks of the season with a 500 squad when you have Justin Herbert. Not acceptable. And not even Justin Herb, not just Justin Herbert. You you see the whole squad: Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Keenan, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. That stud offensive line. Yes, a lot of that offensive line is hurt, but that's but the O line hasn't even been the issue. It's no, it's just it's just been pathetic. That whole Chargers offense. You saw that. You saw that Monday night against the Niners. Got the, just. Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Sunday, Sunday night. Against yeah. the Niners, just no creativity whatsoever. When's the last time oh. you see it you saw a Chargers player in motion? Like <laughs> this is so Running out to the huddle. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, sticking with the theme of battles for fourth place. Rams at Saints. <laughs> All right. Ugh. Cooper Cup just went on IR today. We are recording on Tuesday. Cooper Cup just went on IR. So he's out for at least four weeks. He's accounted for 32% of their yards on offense. And now he's gone. <laughs> Is it time for the Rams in the offseason? Trade Jalen Ramsey. Try to get a first and a first and a fourth for him or something. 
and try to start this rebuild up because right now this team is extremely thin. All their players are old. Who knows what the future of Matthew Stafford is with that elbow injury that's been lingering clearly all season. I think this, like, honestly, I think this concussion may be a front for that elbow injury that's just been lingering all season because he's had no arm all year. Is it time for the Rams to just embrace a rebuild at this point? I think they need to. Their window closed after the Super Bowl victory last year, and good for them. They traded away a ton of future draft picks to get some of these guys that they brought in, and hey, you got a Super Bowl out of it, which was your ultimate goal. Yeah, you'd probably like to have maybe more than one, but it still worked out for you, but yeah, you need to start trading away some of these assets, see if you can get first, even second round picks and start getting some young impact players in, start this rebuild. And yeah, I, man, they're in rough, rough, rough shape. And this is a team that we talked about at the beginning of the year that we were wondering what they were going to look like. There's so much turmoil and unknowns this last off season um, between Sean McVay, we Sean didn't know McVay the status of McVay, we didn't Donald. know the status of Aaron Donald. Now we got this yep. Stafford so injury. I... Allen Robinson is not the player that we thought he was going to be. Like, Cam Akers, there's something going on still going mm-hmm. on with Cam Akers. That offensive line is in yeah. turmoils. No. Like, I... You're going to see major You have to. You have to rebuild, right? You have to. And then ultimately yeah. what does Sean McVay do? He was flirting with he was he, uh, he's not going to want to go He was flirting with rebuild. TV before this season <laughs> coming off that title. He he's not going through a rebuild. <laughs> he's going to go Sean no. he's going to go Sean rebuild? Payton style. <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> he's going to go Sean Payton style, jump into TV for 2 years and or a year and then jump onto the next job that opens up. I think if I'm the Rams, that's from a Rams fan, which there are very few. Like <laughs> that's what I think is coming. So just embrace it. Any other uh, games, job before we get into our yeah? Uh, really quick, only other battle for last place: Washington at Houston. But I don't even want to talk about it. So just just <laughs> sticking with that theme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry if uh, anybody's forced Poor to DC watch that residents. Oh, uh, yeah, that's not uh, not great, Bob. Not ideal. That is that is for sure. All right, time for our Drew Locks of the Week, where Joe has been on a roll and increasing his lead the last couple weeks. He got me again. Most of my team last week was Justin Fields. That was he your had team. A very very nice game on the ground. Yes. Yeah, the rest of the team, uh, not not great, Bob. But if you're new to the segment, welcome in. Each week, Joe and I pick a quarterback, wide receiver, running back, and tight end for fantasy purposes, whatever their fantasy score is for the week. That's the points that you get. Once you use a player, you cannot use them again. So trying to strategically pick guys with good matchups and save some other guys for later on in the season to make a playoff push. You can't pick the same player as your opponent does for that week. And it's an odd week, Jill. You have the first pick. You messaged me, I think, late last night after I'd gone to bed saying your number one pick is locked in. And who who you got this week? Guess who's facing the Texans next week? Brian Robinson. Number one (laughs) overall pick going with Mr. B-Rob. I got to stick with this theme that's been working of facing the Texans with my running backs. Uh, Saquon went off. Henry went off. Josh Jacobs have went off as well. So uh, over the la- three of the last four weeks. So I'm going to make it four out of the last five weeks. Brian Robinson, Washington Commandos, running back. <laughs> I like it. I like, I like it a lot. I actually had him written down. I was between him and another running back that you have already used. So I will save that and... Hey, you've already used my quarterback Hey-o. and wide receiver as well, so I'll lock in the tight end position since I know I can get the other two here. 
And I'm going to go with a guy that I can't remember if you talked about him earlier on today or yesterday. And Arizona's been absolutely trash against the tight end position. So I'm going to lock in George Kittle this week. I think he bounces back on Monday night football in Mexico. Great combo for George Kittle. <laughs> yeah, to obviously back. a great combo. Kittle in, in Mexico City. All right. I want to find I don't I'm I'm searching for the logic there. But uh that's that's just fine. All right, I'm gonna go wide wide receiver here with my next pick, and I'm gonna go T. Higgins. I'm digging him against uh I'm higging him, I should say. Uh against the uh Pittsburgh Steelers here. Jamar Chase still out, and I am all about that uh that Bengals offense right now. So I see T. Higgins having a nice week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like it. I am I'll go with my running back and I'm gonna ride the hot hand right now. Green Bay's been rolling and it's in part because of Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones has been pretty solid for them on the ground. A little bit tougher of a matchup against Tennessee, but cold weather, Aaron Jones. I think everybody will be thinking, oh, Derrick Henry's their running back to have in this one, the cold weather, but Aaron Jones has been pretty solid too, and I think he's gonna help them out uh, quite a bit on Thursday night. So I'm gonna I love every bit of Aaron Jones. Uh, I think that every time that they give A.J. Dillon the ball, maybe not every time, but Aaron Jones is clearly the superior back, I, and they need to continue pounding that running game. So I love the Aaron Jones pick here. I'm going to go with uh, your boy here. And your your fantasy MVP. Yeah. He's got a nice matchup this week against the hot Lanta. Justin Fields <laughs> versus not so hot Lanta at quarterback. I like it. All right. I am gonna go with my quarterback position and guy that put up solid numbers in a loss this week and has been putting up very solid numbers throughout the season has a nice matchup against a kind of depleted and beat up Colts defense. And I'm going to go with Jalen hurts. I think he bounces back in this one, maybe punches in a rushing touchdown, throws a couple passing touchdowns and has a nice week. I would say jealous, but you know, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to stack that Justin Fields with my tight end Cole commit. Yeah. He's on a, he's on a baller three game streak with uh what is that? One, two, three, five, five touchdowns over the last two weeks with Mr. Cole for Mr. Cole Komet. So I'm going to ride that hot streak and go fields at quarterback T Higgins at wide receiver, Brian Robinson at running back and Cole big Coley at tight end. <laughs> Wish I was playing you this week in dynasty gel. I'd ride out uh, Justin Fields and Cole Komet stack. I don't like Andrew that Locks. you have them at all. <laughs> <laughs> I do not play you though, unfortunately. I am also going to stack my quarterback position with a nice stack you had from a couple weeks back. Justin or uh, Jalen Hurts has a nice game. AJ Brown's going to have a solid game too, and I I think both of them are going to go off against this Colts team. That Jeff Sunday. Just as uh, Jeff Sunday, baby. <laughs> we'll see what happens, but I like uh, I like the Eagles bouncing back this week, and I think it's going to be on the hands of Hurts. You think you got a forty-eight point comeback in you this week? Nope, but I want to climb back. Maybe get like five or ten back. <laughs> three on game, that three game losing streak so far. I, we are neck and neck though, week to week, uh, five and five, week to week here. So. It's just coming nice. down to me going yeah, off. Just that, uh, it was that Joe Mixon week. It, it was the Joe. Yeah, it was the, the. Well, I had AJ Brown, Derrick Henry the, one week, and then the next week Joe Mixon. So that's yeah. that's what's uh, that's what's not, carrying uh, me right now. Great. So 40, <laughs> 48 point lead for your boy Dos at Dos Gel uh, on Twitter. You can find Josh at Dos JPEG as well on Twitter. Absolutely. You can find us on our socials at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Type in Dead Arm Sports into that YouTube search bar and you will find us. Click that black and yellow DOS logo. 
subscribe, click the bell on the page. So that way you know when our episodes drop. You can follow us on our live feed, typically on Tuesday nights, and you can ask us any questions in that chat bar. If you miss the chat, you can ask us any questions on those socials. Gel just went over at DosGel, at DosJPEC. We'll hit you back uh, with any questions that you might have. And then subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Send us a screenshot. Get you some swag sent your way for free. What are those Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Again, reminding you to find us on YouTube. Just search Dead Arm Sports. Channel should be the first thing that pops up. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Make sure to hit that bell so that you get all of our alerts when uh, we go live or when we put out any new content. Appreciate everybody out there listening. Best of luck to your fantasy teams of trying to make the playoff push and looking forward to a fun slate of football. We'll be back early next week to preview that. Might even throw in a bonus episode for you out there with Thanksgiving coming up, but uh, we shall see. I'm out of cocoa gel. I need to go fill up, so it is time to say goodbye to the listeners. Closer out. Got to give a birthday shout-out to my man in Hollywood, Mr. Danny DeVito. Every the heartthrob <laughs> of Hollywood, <laughs> one an underdog, what is he, four foot eight, probably. Not your typical Hollywood. Uh, he can not your fit under Hollywood most dogs. But he has made it. I got to give him some love. Danny D, my man. Double D. <laughs>